We're learning Daf Nun Tes. Uh, we're starting from the bottom words of Nun Ches Amad Beis. So we saw the din of Sikri code and how there was a shift in the Allah of Sikri code. What happened in the switch used to be that if you bought it, you'd have to return it to the Bailam. And then there was a halacha that was made. You just have to give a quarter of the value and then you keep it. So now the Gemara tells us who exactly was on the court, who was on Rebbe's court when they changed the halacha of Sikri code. So the Gemara says, Amar Rav, Rav says, this is Rav. So Rav was like that transitional gen- generation between the Tanam and Amaram. So Rav was very much around at Rebbe's court. So Rav says, I was present when they were taking the votes in Rebbe's court. They actually started for me, meaning my vote was the first vote. There are, there, there are different views on this, but one shot that Rashi gives is that Rav was the least Chasha person. His opinion was like the weakest opinion. So they would always start from the least chash of a person, from, from, from the least prominent person first. So the Gemara of it says in the Mishnah, It says when you're taking votes in a court on monetary things, like or cases of Tumah and Tahara, then you start from the most chash. The halacha that you start from the most, from the weakest person of the least eminent, jab, of eminent judge, that's only true if it's dinei nefashos. Dinei nefashos, like we're always looking, like whatever we can to make sure, uh, to make sure that we're trying to get the guy off the hook. And there's a halacha velosana al riv, and we like darshan up velosana al rab. That once the most chash of a person says it, so then we can't disagree with him. So, however, that it sounds like they were saying in the mishnah that that halacha losana al riv, not to disagree with the greatest person, and therefore you have to start from the weakest person. That's only true by dinei nefashos. Yet, so what, yet we're saying over here that Rav was saying when he was by Rebbe's court, they started from him, and they were talking about secret kohen, which is not dinei nefashos. Secret kohen is dinei mamanus. They started from him. So, what's the pshat? So the Gemara answers, I'm a rabbi, 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 and Rebbe's court was different. They began all of their countings from the, from the side, meaning not from the Gadol. In other words, he, Taka, must have disagreed. Rebbe held that the Pasuk, Losana, Ariv, is talking about all court cases. So it's Bekitzer, we're coming out, there's actually a dispute. Is the din of Losana, Ariv, and therefore that Mitzbachayev, to start with the least prominent judge, is that a din only that we make in Dine Nefashos in capital cases. That's what the Mishnah there indicated. Whereas Rebbe's opinion is otherwise. It's by all court cases. And that's why Rav, who was present, he was the least prominent, uh, least, the, the least prominent judge. And, and that's why they started from him, even though it was a monetary case. Says the Gemara, Now we're just, we mention one thing. That person says, we mention another thing he said. From the time of Moshe Rabbeinu until Rebbe, until Rebbe Yudah Hanasi. We don't find the greatest Torah and also the greatest wealth in the same exact person. In other words, Moshe Rabbeinu was the greatest Tamachacham and he also had the greatest wealth. Uh, we don't find that a person shares both of those qualities until in, in Jewish history all the way until Rabbi Yudah Hanasi. Rabbi Yudah Hanasi maintained that same distinguished position where he was Torah and Gedula but Makom Says the Gemara Kasha of Hello, is it true that you never find anyone else? Ahava Yoshua, what about Yoshua? Certainly, he was very. He was. Very, he had Torah and Gedula. Says the Gemara, no. Hava Elazar. Elazar, right? Elazar ben Aaron. So he was. He was just as great as Yehoshua in being a Talmud Chacham. Frak the Gemara, Hava Elazar. 
after Yoshua died, you had a Lazar, and he be, he should have become the Tarek Dula B'makom Echad. Says the Gemara have a Pinchas. Pinchas overlap with him. Says the Gemara have a Pinchas, meaning after a Lazar died, Pinchas should be the Tarek Dula B'makom Echad. Says the Gemara, we use Zikinim. There were the Zikinim, right? We always learn about those Zikinim at the beginning of Pirkei Avos. These were the people who were Makabal, the Torah Shabbat, from Yoshua. And evidently, they outlive Yehoshua here. So even after Pinchas, so in the time of Pinchas, the Zikinim rivaled Pinchas in their Torah scholarship. Frechtimava Shaul. He was a king, and he was he, he was king. So he had all the you know the gedula, and at the same time he was a great Torah scholar. Says more have a Shmuel. There was an overlap between Shaul and Shmuel. Shmuel died. So if you take a look at take a look at the Navi to understand this, but there was certainly a little bit of time, not that much time. It's interesting that the Gemara even attempts this question. But there was a little bit of time when Shmuel passed before Shaul passed. So during that small amount of time, Shaul should be the greatest Tamachacham and also the king. So the Gemara says, Kulu Shini Karmina. When we say, uh, we're listening from the time of Moshe until Rebbe, it was no one else was Tarek Dulah we mean that there was no one throughout all of their years who was Tarek Dulah Yes, it's true that Shaul had Tarek Dulah for a short period during his life, but not for the bulk of his life. We were saying Moshe and Rebbe both were Tarek Dulah uh, throughout their life. It says the Gemara Havid David, there was David. David, David was both. Says the Gemara, but Ira haya iri. No, there was Ira the iri who was greater. Uh, the, I was actually Dov, greater than David in in in, in his scholarship. Frank Gemara Nachman Avshay Ira died, so that should leave David as Tarik Dula. So Gemara Kuli Shani Ba'ina. Again, we're only listing people who had it throughout their life. Hava Shlomo. Shlomo was a king, and a Tamil Chacham. Says the Gemara Hava Shimon Ben Gera. Shimon Ben Gera was just as great in his scholarship. Hakatle Shlom had him killed. So, so after he had him killed, then he should have been tar- Shlomo should be the Torah Gula Malkum Again, we're only listing people who had it all throughout their years. So I have a Chizkia. Chizkia was king and a, tar- and a huge Tamil Chacham. says, I have a Shevna. There was Shevna who was greater than Chizkia in his scholarship. Shevna got killed. So then Chizkiah should have been the greatest. So tomorrow, we only mean it throughout all their years. So Abba, Ezra, what about Ezra? So tomorrow, Nechemia ben Chachaya. There was also, there was someone else, a colleague, Nechemia, who was a great Tamachacham. Says the Gemara, the Gemara now adds, all of our challenges went away. There was no one who added throughout all their years, except for Moshe, until Rabbi Dahanasi. However, the Gemara adds, let's add to the list. Let's continue the discussion. Let's Rabbi Adrav Ashi. By the times we read the Hanasi until Rav Ashi, Rav Ashi is the closing of the Gemara. So at Gemara below, Huna Bar Nasan wasn't Huna Bar Nasan a colleague of Rav Ashi just as great. Says the Gemara, no, Shona Huna Bar Nasan did make a Rav Ashi. He was made himself as if he was a subordinate to Rav Ashi. So therefore, Rav Ashi Taka had that esteemed title of Tyra Ukedula Vemakamachon. So that's the conclusion. Moshe, Rabbi, Rav Ashi. What's the common denominator between Moshe, Rebbe, and Ravashi? One thing is that they were all, they were great writers of Torah. One, 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 definitely one common denominator. I don't know if that's exactly what it is, but that's the esteemed thing of Torah, Dulub, and All right, so now we continue back to everything that has been taken to Olam, that was instituted by Chazal, to make sure that the world worked a little bit better. So we have the, the din over here about Achirish. Achirish is a deaf mute. So technically, a deaf mute doesn't have das, so none of his transactions are, 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 are binding, and his marriage is binding, so on and so forth. But the Mishnah says that Cherish Roymes, he can make a signal, he can make like a hand gesture, and the Rabbana were misakin, that with that, that can be a, um, that, can, that, that can be effective, that can be effective to make a kinyanim. The basic idea is that if he can't make any kinyanim, you know, how is he going to, 
uh, eat. How do you have to be able to buy, to transact, to, to look with, to look with it, all, sorts, all sorts of things. So you got to be able to figure out how to do transactions. So even if he can't speak, communicate regularly, but he can't hear regularly, but he can signal. Venir Maz and other people signal to him, and that's recognized as, you know, that's a din of das. Midrabana. Ben Becerra, Omer, Ben Becerra says, Kofetz. No, not only can he gesture, he can do something else. He can mouth it. Ben Nikvas, other people can mouth their, their das to him. He doesn't have to signal. And all this, Allah was only when we're talking about movable property, not real estate. Real estate, the Rabbanon didn't make a takana. The whole takana here was only for movable property so that they, he could, um, it was only for movable property so that he could, he has his basic necessities for life. Continues, the Mishnah, that's all for a deaf mute. What about a Pa'otos? Pa'otos are young kids. So for young kids, a similar question. Let's say, you know, they don't have one, someone to take care of them. Their father's not there, they're orphaned, they don't have someone buying, taking care of their needs. So, their idea of whatever they buy is, is valid and whatever they sell is valid. Metalton with movable things, again, so that they don't have a guardian, will be able to support themselves and get their basic needs. If not, no one can't make a kenyan with them, so they'll, they'll be just taken advantage of, no one will be able to transact with them. Says the Gemara right away, Amar of Nachman, this din, machlokas mimetatam. We had a machlokas, if you have to gesture, does the chayrish bedavka have to gesture or can even mouth, right? The Tanakhama said only gesturing. Whereas Bebisei was more lenient, he said, you can even mouth, you can even mouth his, his, his intentions. So, so Rav Nachman says, the whole dispute is regarding movable properties. Avob the gittin, when it comes to gittin, there's, there's another area that a chayrish can marry midrabanan, only midrabanan, so then if he wants to give a get, how does he give a get? So again, he doesn't have das, but the, well, he didn't have das when he got married either. The point is that the Rabbanim Masakim, that it's as if he can, he can get married. So when it comes to, again, when he's giving Dibar HaKol Vermiza, he has to signal with his hand. Even Ben Messier would agree that you can't make a divorce by just mouthing the intentions. The Rabbanim were not so makele. They were only so makele in the basic necessities of life when you're buying food in the supermarket. So there, they were makele so to such an extent that the Cheyrish can even just mouth his intentions as opposed to gesturing it. But when it comes to affecting a divorce, doesn't come up all the time, not as big of a tick on all of them, there even the lenient opinion of Emissary would agree that he has to make a hand gesture. Says the Gemar Pshita, why do we even need Rav Nachman to tell us this? This is obvious, but it's also not. It said in Beferish of the Mishnah that this applies only to movable property. Clearly he's saying that the kula of the mouthing the words was only a kula by, by transferring um, movable property, not with other things. Says, you would have said the Mishnah it's meant, to be, it's meant to be understood like this. This is even to Mutafalun, certainly to divorce. Why certainly to divorce? So Rashi explained that in a certain sense, divorce is more kuladik. Why? Because you could say the following svar. However he married her, he should be able to divorce her. Meaning to say, you know, you're affecting a divorce, but it's not a real divorce because there was never a real marriage. Right? The whole marriage to begin with was all Madrabah. So however he married her, he can divorce her. So he would say, by divorce, it's not really such a chiddush that he can mouth. Of course he can mouth. The, chiddush, the bigger chiddush is that even a regular transaction in the supermarket that we're allowing him to mouth and make a valid transaction. So you may have understood that Mishnah, the Mishnah that way. Kamash one of tells us, no, we do not accept the mouthing regarding divorce. Says the Gemara, a different version. Amri. Some people talk and report it differently. Amr of is by movable property. So too, the dispute does apply to divorce. When Messiah holds that the mouthing is effective for divorce. How could we say that? The Mishnah said it sounds like only by movable properties. So, but Messiah is clearly saying it doesn't apply to divorce. It says the Gemara to defend. That it could be the Mishnah saying even for Metalson it works, so, but it would work as well for divorce because of the Svara that however she came in, she can come out as well. So, Lamaisa, we have two versions whether or not 
then Beseira's kula of mouthing is affected by divorce. Continues the mission regarding Paotos, the young kids. We said that Memkar, 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 Says the Gemara Kama. How old does a kid have to be? Really interesting question. Now, Paotos means that they have a certain sharpness to them. It doesn't just mean, you know, a little, a little, bit, a little kid, a little three-year-old can do it. It's got to have some sharpness to them. So what age? So the Gemara says, Machli, Rav Yehuda, the Rav Yisrael, Rav Yudah made a signal to Rav Yitzchak, his son. This is interesting. You know, he held up his held up the fingers to say, you know, like 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 that. He held up the fingers to see how, how old it was. It means someone who's six or seven years old. Rav Khan Amar Kvar Tamni seven or eight. Rav Yitzchak Kvar Teshu Kvar Eser nine or ten. The Gemara says that there's no practical difference here. Pligi Every kid is looked at with his own, you know. How good, how smart he is, how, how how precocious he is. So it's just different kids have different maturity rates or different you know intellectual abilities. Says the Gemara of a time am I. What's the reason for all of this that the Because sometimes a kid has essential needs. So if the transactions are not binding, no one's going to sell anything. No one can buy anything. So you have to make sure that the kid has what he needs. So therefore, they made this takana. All right, so we said something over from Rabbi Abba Bariakum in the name of Rabbi Yechonon. So now we continue just totally unrelated, something else that is quoted in his name. So the Pasuk here in Malachim says that he took the one that was appointed over the Meltacha to, he said, take out all the garments for the people who worship Baal. My Meltacha, what does it mean, the Meltacha? The one who was, uh, was Mamuna on the Meltacha, what in the world is that? It's relating to clothing here. Something which is rubbed and then stretched, linen. So the way linen is worked is that the threads, you stretch them, you rub them between your fingers. You know, we always are obsessed with this today with the, you know, like stretchable, stretchable material of clothing. It's always back in the Gemara. That's linen. Linen is, is the old time, you know, like the most comfortable stuff. That's what it was. And that was considered like a luxurious sort of clothing in that time. So it was, they would rub it between the fingers. It's nimla v'nimtach, and then it stre- it's stretchable. says in Someone sent over to Rebbe, he sent him very chash of a cloak. He sent him, they made a sivni chome salsalim amalo. So, so it was so well, they were so fine that sivni the cloaks that were made from the sivni and the chomes they could be folded to the size of one and a half nuts, meaning that's how fine they were. If you would fold them up, they would get just the size of one and a half nuts. And the cloaks that were made from the mamala were folded to one and a half acorns. My mamala, where do these names come from? What does it mean? It's called mamala. Something which is rolled and then stretched. Okay, so. And now we get back to what we were talking about. When we spoke about kids doing business, that means Rabbanan at work. So normally, what's the halacha? There's a halacha of onah. That if a person mistakenly overpays by more than a sixth of the true market value or, or, or underpays less, more than a sixth of the value, then it's, it's not valid. So the Gemara wants to know, but to Usan Akama, what about if a minor overpays or undercharges? How much can, can, can it be offered to still go through? It's the same halacha as a gadol that it is by a sixth. Says the Marbaya by Matanaso Mai. What about the gifts of a minor? Whether Barbana or Misaki and they take an Olam for a gift? No, the gift is not valid because for a gift, you don't have to make a Takana. So you, for a gift, you need Das. He doesn't really have Das. It's not valid. No, Matanaso Matana. The gift is considered a valid, a valid gift. Rashi explains that there are times when giving a gift could be necessary to get your basic needs because let's say, you know, sometimes the kid need, needs to reciprocate a favor. Someone gave him food, right? You want to make sure you get more food in the future, you better give a gift. You want to get invited back to that meal, you make sure you show up with a gift the first time. So therefore, it would be important that for Mishim Kadei Chayav that perhaps his gifts should be valid as well. So that would be the impetus for the Rabbanan to be Musaqim.
Says the Gavara, Apahua, they mistakenly switched around the opinions, right? We had Rav Yemar saying it's not good, Marbavashi saying it is good, but they, in the Yeshiva they switched it around. And then they reported over to Rav Mordechai to say which way he went. So Rav Mordechai said, Go tell Mar, the son of Ravashi, Lava, isn't this the story? When Ravashi was at one foot on the ground, one foot was on the step. I guess this conversation happened when he was on the stairs. So I'm in a little We asked Ravashi, What's the Allah by a gift of a kid? Ravashi said, It is valid. It doesn't make a difference whether it's a very, the, the child is very ill or, or he's not or whether it's a large gift or a small gift, by all these cases, right, we are makele that it is good. So Ravashi, how could you say it's not a good gift? It really, you heard from, from Ravashi itself, it is a good gift. So that whole tiny that he had was all because it was reported to him backwards. And Ravashi said it wasn't a good gift. The reality is that actually it was extremely consistent because Ravashi, coming from Ravashi, had said that it was a good gift. Okay, now we move on to Kriyas Atayr over here. Let's go. There are things that are said because of Tarki Shalom to make sure people don't fight. Kohen Koritri, Kohen Rishon. Kohen reads first from the, from, the, from the Aliyah, from the Torah scroll. Why is that? Now there's a, you know, there's an order, and therefore it's not going to be a fight for who's going to go first. The Arab, when you make an Arab, so you collect bread from all the homes, and then you keep it in one home. And the lumdas is, it's as if everybody's living in that home. That's how Arab Chatseris works. So the Arab should always be kept in the same home. In order that people won't fight, we'll learn about why it would lead to fighting at all. Bar Shukar the cistern that is closest to the source of the of of the, no, it's basically people have fields and there's a stream. So sometimes you want to irrigate the fields. So a lot of times you have to kind of like block the stream and like create a dam in the stream in order for it to flow out to redirect it towards your field. So who has the right to do that? So the one who is closest, whoever is closest, has the right to do it first. And then Dark Shalom because of Dark Shalom, so we shouldn't fight. Oh, I'm blocking it now from my field. No, I'm doing what. So they made a rule that whoever was closest has the right, um, has the right to do it first. We'll learn more about that in the Gemara. If those say there are animals, there's prey which get caught in traps. So it could be uh, wild animals, birds, fish. So, so, so there's a takana that, that you shouldn't take them away. Meaning technically, just because they're stuck in the trap doesn't mean they belong to the owner of the trap. The Gemara will explain it. It doesn't have a receptacle. We're just talking about it. It trapped it, but it doesn't hold it. So really, technically, you don't own it just because it's, it's in your trap. But the Rabbanon said it's going to lead to fighting, so therefore you shouldn't take it from someone else's trap. The Rabbanon made it stronger. The Rabbanon made it considered real theft. And Afkamino, that is, we'll see in the Gemara, does the court take it away? From, you consider Mamash a Gaza if you took it or not. Let's say something is found by a person who has no das. So someone, there's a diamond, it's in the street, someone picks it up. So, of course, it belongs to them. But if it's a person who doesn't have das, technically, it doesn't belong to them. So if you knock it out of their hand and take it away, is it gezel? So they said, you shouldn't do that. The same thing. It's not just you shouldn't do it, but it's a genuine act of theft to take it away. Let's say you have a poor person and he's picking his olives that are left for the poor. He's, he's picking them at the, from the top of the tree. So what happens? What happens is, is that usually you knock the tree and the olives fall. And then when you're done, so then you go pick up all the olives from the floor and you go home. So here, the Ani's on the top of the tree knocking off the olives. I come, I see the olives on the bottom, on the floor. Ah, he was never cone them yet. He technically didn't become the owner. He, he hadn't acquired it. So I quickly go and I take them. She could have allowed to do that. No, I shouldn't do that. We treat it like a theft in order to protect ways of peace. It's, not, it's actually more than that. It's considered a genuine act of theft. 
We'll learn more about all these cases in the Gemara. We live in the fields for that Yisrael. But if a guy comes, a poor guy comes and he takes it, we, we don't stop. Because Dr. Yisrael will say, no, we only leave it for our poor. You know, it's not for you. This is not the intent. We don't say that, but we let them take as well. All right, so now we get to the first thing. How do we know that a Kohen reads from the Torah first? But no, immediately, where is the source of this? Amar Masa, Amar Ka. Be'echtev Maishas, Atari Rasos, Mori Rosh, 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 Why do I not realize that the Kohenim are the descendants of Levi? Why does the Torah have to make this point? Ella, Kohen, Rosh, 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 It's actually telling me the order in relation to the Torah. That's the way, that's the way we learned. Moshe wrote the Torah, give it to be read by the Kohanim and then by the descendants of Levi. That's what it would sound like. Like we're making a Jurasha. It's interesting that the real Kriyas Torah is Dar Isa and that the order for the Kohen to go first and then the Levi is, is Midar Isa. That's what it would sound like from the Gemara at this moment. But so this is right there as well that the Kohanim, the sense of Levi, should come forward. Should come forward. Same answer. Another source from the Torah of Ashi Amar Meacha Bnei Amram, the sons of Aaron, Aaron and Moshe. The sons of Amram or Aaron and Moshe. But Aaron was set apart that he should become like Kodesh Hakadoshim. So, so the Kohen is it has a special kedusha. So, and therefore, it's mistaber that he should that he should read um, he should read he should read first. Says the Gemara. Another source of Chibar Ab Amar Meacha Kedash To. Famous positive. You should make him holy. Whenever this matter of sanctity, in other words, we have to make sure that people recognize the elevated kedusha of the coin. That's the din. That we do things to extra respect for the coin, so that people recognize that he is taka more kadosh. That's what it would mean, as the bride says. He opens with the first time. You know, the first, if there's a bunch of people speaking, the Kohen should speak first. Lefarek Rishon, he should be the one to recite the Bracha first at a meal. The lethal money of Rishon. And even if there's a division and you're taking portions first and second, the Kohen gets the first dibs. So, B'Kitzur, we have a bunch of sources here that we're trying to suggest from the Torah. There are psukim which indicate that the Kohen should be the first one to read from the Torah. Fret, that's not what the Mishnah said. Was the mission was the mission is true? Is the mission what it said true that it was only Masuk and Dark and Shalom so that people don't come to fight? Okay, we'll make sure no one comes to fight for the first Aliyah, we'll always give it to the Kohen. Doesn't sound like that. Here we're sounding like it's a Dindar Isa, which comes from all these Psukim. It is a Dindar Isa, it's Xeris Akasov. But the way we understand the Torah is that the Torah is trying to promote peace. We don't say that. Because if you want to say that, everything in the Torah is about, is about, is about the promotion of peace. All the, all the laws in the Torah are promotion of peace. So you could say that about anything. Like there's no, an LMI, maybe there's an underlying fundamental idea of, tr- of, of, of promoting peace. And that's what Torah is about. But we don't specify an individual law and say, this is al-shalom. That's not that's not That's not what we do. So what's our point in the Mishnah saying that the din that the Kohen reads first is al-star keshalom. It's a din da'raisa. That's, that's all the way we should relate to it. So Ella Amar Abai, rather Abai says no. We're talking about specifically the following scenario. For what Mar said, the Tanya says in a bride's well, Here we're talking about just um, general pop, proper etiquette at a meal. So you have to know these laws. Hilchos It's like the right etiquette. Like you know, it's like one of those things. It's not. It's not. It's it's it's, it's tough to find these in like 
halacha, you know, iser v'hater, like it's right etiquette. It's derecher. So what are these laws? If two people are dining together, they have to wait for one another before they eat. So meaning, if two people, you know, you sit down, we're eating together. When one guy gets off, he needs a break, so then you should stop eating as well. Shalosh, but if there's three in Mamtinim, the two who remain don't have to stop. When people die together, the one who recites the Hamotzi breaks the bread, so he should get the, the dip first, even if he's not the most chash of a person. But if he's the one who said the Hamotzi and he broke the bread, so then he gets the dip first. If he wants, the one who broke the bread wants to give over honor to his teacher, someone who's greater than him, and the way he's going to give him the respect is to invite him that he should take the dip first, then he is in fact entitled to do so. Okay, those are the proper laws of etiquette at a meal. But Rabbah said about the rice of all of this is all regard to a meal. In other words, only by a meal you can ignore it to honor your teacher. There the halacha is, if you have your teacher for a meal, even though you broke the bread, but you could give the dip to the teacher first to be mechabedin. Regarding the order of reading from the Torah and Shul, lo, someone who has precedence over someone else cannot honor him by having him take his place. Meaning a Kohen cannot honor a Levi, or a Levi cannot honor Yisrael and say, you know what, you take my place. You're not allowed to do that. So in the laws of Derech Haaretz, Dam Etiquette, you are allowed to do that. If you want to give away what you're entitled to for and say, hey, but you know, my Rebbe's here, let me give it to him, that is permitted. But in the Sefer Torah scenario, whoever's supposed to come where he comes, he cannot pass it on to someone else else's combo. So that's what we were saying. That's only din for Dark Yishalom. Other, the din is the horizon that the Kohen should come first. Yes, that's true. But the fact that it's, it's, you can't wave it, you can't move it, um, then, then, then that's only Dark Yishalom. So it would sound like from the Gemara, the following Chiddush. Let's just analyze what's going on here. It would sound like that as the lumnus from Vikidashto, the Kohen could be Michael. The Kohen can say, I want Israel to do it in my place. Oh, which Kohen does it for him, but not for him, who's his friend, who's not his friend. Going to lead to all sorts of fighting. Therefore, they said the coin can never give it up. The coin comes first. But it's mashma that outs the vikidash or the coin can be Michael. It's a tremendous, actually, it's a big machlik as a reshrain. This is a big makar that a coin could be Michael on his covered, but it's not so posh. Let's say you have other scenarios. In general, the coin allowed to be Michael on his covered. And the big question is to understand what the debate is uh, a melech cannot be Michael on his covered. Why not? The pshad, the alumnus, the reshrain explain is that it doesn't really belong to him, it's the prerogative of the people. Right? That the people have a right. It's a hard to look at it that way, but it's the truth. The people have the right that he should be the king. So if the people have the right that he should be the king, who are you to be Michael on, on your perception of the king when it's really our perception of you as being the king? So we have to make sure that you're probably prominently displayed and respected. So the, and for, but for example, in contrast, the Tamachachim could be Michael's covenant. So this is why, because the covenant belongs to him. You want to be Michael, you can be Michael. A Kayin's covenant, is it his or is it the people's? What's the din of the Kiddashta? Is it coming from the Kohen's inner, inner respect that he has, that he can be Michael? Or is it the people's right to be Mikhailish to Kohen? So it's interesting. It sounds like from this Gemara that a Kohen really should have the right to be Michael. And Shazbim Darke Ashalom, at the Rabbana or Masakin, that he shouldn't be Michael at all, and because it can lead to fighting in that scenario. What about a Kohen being Michael's right to benching? To bench first? Can you be Michael that? Okay. This that you say in the shul, then 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 not. It's only on Shabbos and Yontif. A lot of people are around. That's when it can lead to fighting. How many people are in shul anyway? To begin with, then low. It doesn't apply. On those days, the coin is allowed to give to be meichlik because it's less possibility here of fighting. A very interesting point. Take a look at the taisus. I find this much amazing. Second taisus on the page. That halacha that Monday and Thursday was only in their times. 
People didn't show up on Monday and Thursday because they were overwhelmed by the burden of Parnassah. For us, Monday and Thursday is the same as Yantef. We don't have such burdens of Parnassah. That's what Taisa says. People showed up on Monday and Thursday for them just as much as they showed up on Shabbos. What about today? Interesting. Okay. I'll come. Interesting. Why doesn't think about it that way? I hear. Says the Gemara, I think it's like, not about how many, things about what goes first, you know? Says the Gemara, Rav Huna was a Yisrael, he would read in front of the coin even on Shabbos and Yontif. So obviously it was going as the coin's mocha. So according to our interpretation, the coin can't be mocha. So tomorrow, Shani Rav Huna, Rav Huna was different. Even the great Rav Amir Vasi, Kahanik Hashiv Eretz Yisrael, were the most distinguished Kahanik Eretz Yisrael, make of a they were all subordinate to him in Torah. So therefore he was like, no, he's the God Adar. For the God Adar, there's no issue. Like, that's the idea. Because the whole thing is that it might lead to fighting. But So for the God Adar, you are allowed to. Now, what's the mindset of the halacha? The common practice is, already says in Shulchan Aruch, that even today, we don't even do it for the God Adar. We don't even do it for the God Adar, but Me'akira didn't really, it could be done. It's not, the, it's not the craziest thing. So this is the whole can of worms about, you know, how bad is it if the coin steps out of the room? Is that a mechila? Is that not a mechila? Me'akira didn't even do it for good day. There's a lot of controversy which all surrounds this sugya of what it means not to lead to fighting, where ironically that whole discussion invariably leads to fighting. Okay. Says the Gemara, we have a Mesoira. In Sham Kayane. Very good, this good, this didn't. Let's say there's no coin in the shul, and a sparda chavila. And a sparda chavila, the whole bundle unravels. What does that mean? So Rashi says two pshatim. Sparda chavila is like Rashi, Nifsaka Kachi, Ibar Alibius Kvodo, Vishvil, Kavila Sadhana Fratis, Vino Korea. The lady loses everything. Levi doesn't get any aliyah. Levi doesn't read at all. What's the pshat? Because if you would, if you would read second, then people, whoever preceded him, someone might assume that that person was a Kohen and they might give him the Kohen privileges based upon that. So therefore he can't read after, he, might, he cannot read after the non-Kohen. That would be the pshat. You cannot read at all. Now, no, in other words, the idea would be it's specifically if we know that it's a guy who got Levi was a Levi, so then we'll assume the person who came before him is a Kohen. But if we know, if we don't know of it to be that way, then we'll just figure out there must not have been Kohanim and Levi. So according to Rashi, what he's saying here is that we don't want the Levi to read after the non-Kohen because well, people will assume that the non-Kohen was, would in fact be a Kohen. However, according to the Shita, it doesn't seem to be a problem to call up the Levi first as long as he's not followed by another lady. That's what it would sound like. Then he brings another pshat. Another pshat, Rashi's saying, is just that um, like there's, no, there's no order, meaning that, that there's no precedence over the Yisrael, and it can be done by anyone. Like it, does, it really just doesn't matter. It doesn't matter at all. Now, there's a whole discussion in the postkim about like, is there any sensitivity in one opinion not to call the lady first? Like, the, the main idea, seemingly, main idea would be don't call a, co- a non-Kohen and then a Levi. As far as that Chavilo, the Levi is off. If there's no Kohen, then the Levi doesn't get Levi. Okay, that's cl- that might be clearly pronounced. In one opinion, just there's no order, there's no, it doesn't matter what, what happens. The Levi could go, the Israel could go, that's the point of the Gemara. But is there any reluctance in that first shot of giving the Levi first? That's a little bit of a debate. Among the post there are different views on it. Halakha, you see people do different things. Some people do give the Levi first, some people don't. There's not really an absolute clear determination what practically to do in that case. Whatever you do, you are in good company. The one thing you shouldn't do is give a non-Kohen and then a Levi. That's clear. Because of that sheet on the Rashi. Says the Gemara, Amar Ba'inaktina. We have another Messiah. Ain't Shem Levi. What do we do if there's no Levi? Kari Kain. 
a Kohen reads in place of the Levi. So, is it true that if there's no Levi, you call a Kohen? One Kohen shouldn't read for the Torah after another Kohen. People might discredit the first Kohen's lineage. You're going to say, why is the Kohen being called second? It must be the first guy is not really a Kohen. That's why you have to call another Kohen. Levi after Levi, you shouldn't call the Levi after another Levi. It's Begam of both of them. If one Levi is called, then another Levi will call. So, so what, what's going to happen? Must, must be that people are going to say one of them wasn't a Levi. They don't know if it's the Pshad, the first one was a Levi, and that's why they called the second one. Or maybe the second one is Yisrael, and therefore he was called after a real Levi. All right, now you could ask what? By a Kohen, after a Kohen, why does it say maybe people will say the second one wasn't a Kohen, and that's why he's called. You could say that also. That the Gemara will address. But al where are we right now? What's the din? Kohen after Kohen Leikar. You can't call a Kohen after a Kohen because of the Pagam of the Rishon. So how could we say that if there's no Levi, you call a Kohen? Says the Gemara, Kikamrinu ba'oso Kohen. We mean the very same Kohen. The very same Kohen who got Kohen should get Levi as well if there's another Levi. If there's no Levi, which makes sense because no one's going to say they called up a different Kohen because the first guy wasn't a Kohen because it was the same Kohen. So there's no re- way that they're going to discredit Kohen. There's no Levi. So very good. The Kohen reads. And that's what we do. We say, Bim Mekom Levi. Says the Gemara, just to analyze what Yochanan said, Masha Levi after Levi, by Levi after Levi, why do we say don't do it? Because both of them could be discredited. People could say the first guy wasn't a real Levi, that's what called the Benevolent Levi. Or Fakir, people would say the first guy was a Levi and the second one wasn't. So I'm a Kamen Alaf Kohen, people could say either one of them might not be a Kohen. So why don't we say the same thing? A Kohen, Achar Kohen, what, what did we say? We said the reason you shouldn't do it is because people are going to say the first one wasn't a Kohen. You could say the same thing that people are going to say the second one was a Kohen. I'm a Kamen Alaf Kohen, people could say the second guy wasn't a Kohen. Why did we only say. Don't do it because you might discredit the first one. Why can't I say as well? People will assume that if you call a second coin after the first coin, maybe people will say the second coin wasn't a coin. Says the Gemara, the Muslim of Elamai, what are you going to say? We're talking about a case where we know the father of the second one was a coin. It's Muslim. Everyone knows about it in the community. So no one's going to think that the second guy was a Kohen. It's only the first Kohen's lineage here that could be questioned. But Sakta Gemara, that's not, that's so arbitrary because Hakanami, you can say that by a Levi after a Levi also. The Muqtulam Bavud, Ayashina Levi, it could be well established that the father of the second Levi is a Levi. And then uh, why would Rabbi Yochanan be concerned that the people are going to say the second guy wasn't a Levi? Elamai, because it's not so clear whether the Levi's father was, was a Levi. So that, there's no difference between a Kohen and a Levi then. It sounds like we're saying a Kohen, Acher Kohen, you don't do it only because of the Begam of the Rishon. Levi, Acher Levi, you don't do not only because of the Begam of the Rishon, but also because people might not think that the second guy is really a Levi. So what's the difference? So the Gemara says like this, Ella, even if we know that the father is a Kohen or Levi, I mean, what, what will people say? Maybe the father married him from Zerosin which would mean that the kid is not a Kohen. So even if I have a situation if I know the father is a Levi, the son could be reduced to the status of Yisrael, right? If, a, if, if, if it would be the child from Amam Saras. So, Achanami could have the same thing, Kohen Achal Kohen. Amigru Shachalutza Nasa, maybe the father of the second Kohen married a divorce with Achalutza. Achalutza already messed up his kids. So the second Kohen, maybe, the second Kohen people could, could, could think he's a Yisrael, even if they know that his father is a known, is a known Kohen. So the kids are running around in circles. Kohen Achal Kohen, we say, don't do it only because of the Begam of the region. It sounds like, but everyone's going to know that the second guy is a Kohen. It's only the Begam of the region you have to worry about. But Levi Achal Levi, you're worried about that the second Levi, people will say he's a Yisrael. What's the Chil? Well, how come by a Kohen Achal Kohen? Also, we're not concerned that people are going to say the second one's not a Kohen. Says the Gemara, so, so. Levi Mikahave, would he be a Levi? That's the shot. If you know a guy's family and his family is Kohen, so why would it be, but how could it possibly be that he's not a Kohen? What's the one scenario? How could it be he's not a Kohen? If his father married, uh, let's say a divorce. Okay, very good. But that would mean he's not a lady either. Interesting thing. You have to know this day. If a Kohen would marry a Grusha, what would the child be? A Chol. A Chol is nothing. A Chol is not a lady. He's nothing. So therefore, you wouldn't be getting the Levi Aliyah either. So if you see a Kohen called up Achar HaKohen, 
then there's no, there's no chashash. People are going to say the second one is not a kohen. There's no chashash on the second guy. Because Manavshach, if you know his family is kohanim and you're concerned that his father married a grusha, then he wouldn't be called up for the second aliyah. So there's no shaila that the second guy is not a kohen. Chashash, that there's a first guy. The people are going to say the first guy is not a kohen. So we say don't call a kohen achar kohen because what they're going to say about the first guy. When it comes to levi achar levi, where the levi is getting the third aliyah, so there, there's not only Chashash, people will discredit the guy who got the second aliyah, the first lady, they, discredit, they might discredit the second one as well. They might say, even though it's from a family of him, maybe his father married a Mamzeres, and that's why he's getting third. So, the Gemara Laman, who are we concerned for? Eli Yoshvin, if we're concerned for people who are going to remain in the shul until Torah reading is over, they'll see the first Kohen was included in the aliyah. Meaning, what do we say? Don't call Kohen Acher Kohen, because people are going to say the first Kohen wasn't a Kohen, so we have to redo it. If we have to redo it, then we're going to have to have really eight aliyahs, not seven aliyahs, right? If the whole idea is that the first Kohen was found not to be a Kohen, so we had to start again, so then we should have another seven. But if you stay, stick around in Shul and you see we don't, so then you're not going to be close if the first guy wasn't a Kohen. So the Gemara says, Elulah Yotzin, you're right. The whole concern is for people who leave early. Unbelievable idea. The whole takana not to call a Kohen Achar Kohen is a concern because of the people who will leave early. So they are going to say the reason you call the second Kohen is because the first Kohen wasn't a Kohen. And they'll automatically assume, yeah, takala will be eight aliyahs today because the first one didn't count. That's what they'll assume. They leave sure early, they go to the Kiddush Club, and they don't chat. And then it sounds, they're going to say the first Kohen wasn't a Kohen. Unbelievable how far Chazal went. The whole takana was instituted because of the Yoytzin. And that is the reason why we never call a Kohen Achar Kohen. If there's no Levi, the only thing we can do is call the same Kohen that got reshown. If there's no Levi, we can call that very same Kohen up for Levi as well.